Jonathan, what can you tell us about the controversy surrounding your bold departure from acting? Are you really done with stand-up comedy? The people deserve to know! Wendell Higginbottom, New York Times. Now, Jonathan, what can you say regarding allegations that you're back on the hooch? Spotted last week, stone drunk to the gills with a Taiwanese prostitute in Chinatown. Is it true that you've been offered $50 million for season two of Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast? Once and for all, Mr. Ramcharan, are you or aren't you retiring from show business? Uh, Violence! Now I've been fucked from every angle since I started out in this lousy racket 17 miserable years ago. And I wish I could say there have been good times, cherished memories to reflect upon with pride and satisfaction. But that would be a bold-faced goddamn lie. And I don't shrink from the notion of bringing God into this. For as a devout believer in the one almighty, I can truly and definitively say, God damn this industry. Fuck it to bits. Year after year, I've been looked over, picked over, while these rotten, crummy, lily-livered, Dr. Seuss, Mother Goose, cat-in-the-hat-ass, fake-ass dilettantes, agents, club managers, gatekeepers, gatekeepers of my destiny have lorded over me in their ivory towers. I am beyond anger. I am beyond bitterness. I am embarrassed. Embarrassed to be a part of an industry where every swinging dick thinks it can carry a tune. Where love and devotion to craft don't mean a flying fuck. Where to be chosen is to be chosen. And if not, may you burn in hell. Where clowns scrimp and scratch tooth and nail for every lousy goddamn nickel they earn. Throwing each other underneath their own clown cars in a scramble for a shot at the big time. To be kissed by God and liked on Facebook. They tricked me and I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I ever gave them a piece of my heart, my care, or concern. Fuck you, industry. I wish I never laid eyes on ya. But the show must go on, dear comrades. So while there is still breath in my bosom, I know there is still breath in a world of opportunity yet to be inhaled. I read this now in the spirit of the artist. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, once more. Or close the wall up with our artisanal dead. In peace there's nothing so becomes a man as modest stillness and humility. But when the blasts of war blows in our ears, then imitate the action of the tiger. Stiffen the sinews, summon up the blood. Disguise fair nature with hard-favored rage, then lend the eye a terrible aspect. Fear not the blows and reprimands of a cold, callous, unfeeling world. Fear not the disownment 
of parents who despise you because you're 45 years old and you're still out there sucking cock trying to become an actress. Fret not the thespian, no. Rage, rage against the dying of the light, dear thespian. Fear not that you're an actor and no one gives a fuck and you've been telling jokes and acting on plays for fucking 17 years and nobody gives a shit. Fear not, dear thespian, no. Rage against the dying of the day, dear thespian. And as God is my witness, I shall overcome these petty spoils. And I shall rise above like the phoenix, ladies and gentlemen. I shall. I will have my revenge. It's my cousin's fault. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this May 29th, 2018, in the year of our Lord. Welcome to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Yeah, I got fucked. I can't really say I got fucked, but, um, uh, yeah, I got shortchanged, so to speak, shortchanged. So, um, if you're new to my podcast, uh, Jonathan James Ramtran, actor, comedian, Trontonian, alcoholic, temporary laborer. And, uh, on my podcast, I speak about uh, my little misadventures, uh, doing X, Y, and Z, you know? Staying sober, doing stand-up comedy, doing acting, working temporary labor jobs. Well, one of the little um, escapades that I've been uh, engaged with as of late was an audition. I was working on an audition for a, um, a theater company in town. And uh, recently I got the news that uh, I'm not wanted for the audition. It's a general audition, meaning it's open to uh, general submission, so anyone can submit. But, in fairness, they don't have to see everybody, right? They can choose who they like to see. So they didn't choose to see me. And, uh, you know, I, I applied for the uh, audition in early May, right, like May 1st or something, right? And they told me, Oh, thank you uh, for your submission, Mr. Ramtran. Um, due to the high volume, we shall let you know in the coming weeks whether or not um, you are successful in your application. Thank you and all the best till then. Right? And the fucked up thing about that is, it's like, why not just say yes or no? It's a general audition. It's, you're basically choosing whether or not you'd like to see me or not. If you want to see me, just say yes and schedule me. If you don't, then just tell me so and I can go on my merry fucking way. Well, that means I had a month of rehearsing uh, monologues that I didn't know if I was going to have to even do. Right? 
So um, that's kind of what bothered me. You know, it's like, uh, I guess that's just the work of the actor. You got, you got to be prepared with your shit. You never know when uh, something's going to come up. So I was working on these uh, monologues all month, like rehearsing them. And like, I'm talking rehearsing them. Like I went and I read uh, the plays that these monologues came from. I went to the library and read about the plays. Well, not read about the plays. I actually read the plays that these uh, monologues were from. I prepared the monologues. I memorized them. I put character to them. I worked on them. Uh, and when I say I worked on them, I mean like I would... It'd be the first thing I read when I woke up in the morning, the last thing I read when I went to bed at night. I, uh, I would make sure to rehearse at least an hour a day. And then on the weekends, I would do like four-hour blocks. I would work on it for like four hours at a time. Like um, I would just sit down, go over the text, um, get it into my body, just all the little um, due diligence that actors have to go through. Because like, that's the thing about performing. It sucks. <laughs> Like, it's, it's a lot of work until you get where you want. It's a lot of work. It's like anything. It's like, it's all glory and fun when you're tap dancing on stage, but all the behind-the-scenes bullshit, it's horrible, you know? Like, there was so much fucking administrative bullshit I had to do just to do that at audition that I wasn't even um, allowed. They did not want to see me, apparently. I guess I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm guessing what it is is like... Um, I'm a little too old for them. Like, I'm 31 years old. I think they wanted to see actors in, like, their... Like, younger actors, like, uh, in their 20s and shit. And uh, that's kind of hilarious. Yeah, you're too old, 31. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like... But, um... You know, I think you can tell in my voice that I'm really not that upset by it. Just kind of pissed off that, like... I had to work on it, and I didn't have to. That's, like, my choice, right? I chose to, because, like, when I got the email from them... One moment, please, sorry. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just readjusting here. Uh, when, I got the, uh, when I got the email from the company, right, uh, the theater company, it, it was pretty much, like, I, it was in the writing. I could tell. I'm like, oh, they probably don't want to see me. You know, um, oh, thank you for your email. Thank you for your interest. If you are one of these successful candidates, we shall let you know in the coming weeks. Like, you would have just, like, why not just fucking book it now? Why not just be straightforward, right? But, um, you know, that's what bothered me. So then I put in, well, it's never really a loss when you're working on what you do. You know, like, it gave me the, um, what, what I was very proud of was the fact of, like, I handled it, I handled it like a professional. Like, I did the work. I prepared and, um, you know, a lot of people wouldn't do that or even know how to do that or where to begin. And I, uh, I handled the audition process like a, like a professional. I was proud of myself for that. Like, I, uh, I really did my homework. And I really put in, I put in like, uh, I probably put in like, like in a month span, I probably put in um, like over 24 hours of straight work on the, on the audition, right? Like, that's a lot of time to be like, rehearsing you know what I mean and and that's not even including um like reading the play like to read a fucking 300 page play that takes like fucking four hours to read it and like, digest it like there's you know just all those administrative bullshit things that you got to do as an actor and um 
you know, like I say, I'm not too upset by it. The good thing that came from it was it, it put into my mind that I'm pretty much done. I'm pretty much done with um, applying for work. Like, you know, there's a lot of gatekeepers. There's a lot of um, speed bumps to your progression as an actor. These are challenges. These are challenges that you should try to meet, right? You should try to get an agent. You should try to go out and audition. You should try to get your foot in the door. But you know what? After a while, what becomes clear is, number one, everybody's chasing the same job. You know what I mean? Like, there's few and far between jobs that are actually available, and everybody's chasing the same job. And when you buy into their system of um, hierarchy, when you buy into the hierarchy of, I'm up here, and you're down here, you know, like what they're trying to do, you know, with this, um, you know, I'm making it sound a lot more malicious than it probably is, but that's more or less what it is. They're up here, and you're down here, and you got to fucking... Oh, please, sir. Can I please audition for you? Like, I don't even want to be in this stupid fucking play. It was just a way for me to, like, get working as an actor and just, like, you know, feed that flame. I don't want to be a part of their stupid fucking, um, like, I want to do me. I want to do what's interesting to me. And, um, but, you know, I'm just, I was trying to play the game, so I, um, I put in the time for the audition. And what it taught me is, like, I'm not trying to live other people's dreams anymore. Like, when you're an actor, what you're doing is, to be a good actor, you got to be able to put aside your artistic wants, your artistic desires or whatever. You got to put aside your artistic um, impetus to serve the project. You know, the project's the project. You know, you add yourself, you add your creativity, but at the end of the day, you have to serve the project. You have to be willing to collaborate, right? And that's what this whole process told me is I'm no longer willing to do that. I'm no longer willing to be a part of the hierarchy of, um, you know, trying to parachute, try to parachute into other people's um, dreams because, like, they had the right to deny me. You know, they have a vision for their theater company. They have a vision for what they want or who they want to see. And um, they looked at me and they said no. And that's, a, that's very, um, that's, their, that's their prerogative. That's their prerogative. And um, I can't be upset by that. Because I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, I was trying to get a part, I was trying to get into their dream. They're just a theater company, just a bunch of losers, <clears throat> just a bunch of geeks that put together like um, their own uh, theater company and then they start holding auditions and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? I got to start doing that. That's what this whole process told me. It's like I can't be knocking on the door of um, show business anymore. No one's answering. Nobody's home. You know, it's a, it's a jungle sometimes, man, like... And I don't have the heart for that anymore. I don't. Like, 
You can only be rejected so many, like I've been rejected, like I'm rejected on the surface level all the time. Yet when people see me perform, it's always, you're so good and how come you're not working here and how come you're not working there and you were so funny and blah, 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 goo, 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 goo. Yeah, I'm always the best until it, until it comes time to paying me. That's like the hallmark of my career. You're the best. Okay, now pay me. Well, you're not that good. My entire fucking career. And um, it's okay. I mean, you know, we chose this. You know, any performer or artistic person, like, we chose this. I remember in theater school, I had a teacher, Ken Brown. Very, um, very um, insightful man, you know. I wish I would have cultivated better relationship with him, but um, not that we're on bad terms or anything, but like, you know, I, I could have made more of an effort to have him around as a mentor after graduation, but I don't know, whatever. Anyways, he was a great teacher. And um, I remember one time he said to us, he goes, um, Ken Brown in theater school, circa 2004. He goes, um, acting is not for the faint of heart. So you must ask yourself, do you love yourself in the art, or do you love the art in you? He didn't quite sound like that, you know, he was more like a, I don't know, an Albertan, five foot six man with an anger problem, you know, he sounded more like a, like a fucking, I don't know, an oil drill rigger, but like, uh, he, he said, yeah, do you like the, do you like yourself in the art or the art in you? That's the question. Like, a lot of people like themselves in the art. The idea that I'm an artist. Look at me, I'm an artist. And they, and they like the way that looks and sounds. And they like the imagery of it and the romance. And they can prance around and show their friends. Look at me, I'm creative. I'm creative. Look at me. Or do you love the art in you? Do you truly love the idea of what is artistic inside of you? You know, that's a very profound thing. And, he, and Ken Brown, that teacher of mine, he also put into our heads the idea of cultivating your own work. And, um, you know, I've always done that, you know, I really have, but um, not, on, not on the most um, healthy and productive of ways, you know. I got into an argument with a friend about this recently, another comic. You know, he, he was bitching and whining about how he didn't get anywhere in his career or it didn't turn out the way he wanted it and things were against him and blah, blah, blah. And I said to him, you know, as your friend and as a person in the same position, I'm trying to tell you, man, like, we didn't work hard enough. And he goes, ah, fuck you, that's bullshit. You know, I worked hard. I did this, I did that, I did that. It's like, dude, I was right there with you. I saw what was going on. You were not working hard enough. You were getting high. You were fucking, um, you know, going at things half-assed. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about why I'm so proud of my audition recently that I didn't get, but I worked on. I'm, I'm proud of the audition because I didn't go half-assed. I went all the way. I did the work all the way. I put in the time all the way. And, um, you know, you wouldn't know that unless you're an actor, but, like, to actually put in that time and that work, it's not a fun, comfortable thing. Like I said, there's a lot of administrative bullshit that comes with being a performer that people don't see, but they want the glory. 
They want the glory of being on stage. Well, guess what? There's a lot of fucking backstage bullshit. And um, I'm proud that I put that time in with the audition. But, um, like, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm a little um, derailed at the moment. What the fuck was I talking about? But basically, yeah, like, um, I'm I'm, do you like the art in you or do you like yourself in the art? And, um, you know, cultivating your own performances and stuff like that, you know? And that's, yeah, that's why, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole idea of um, did you really go for it? Did you really try? Because, like I said, with that friend of mine, he, um, he... He and myself, like, I, I put myself in the same category in that, in that conversation with him. You know, he was talking about how, oh, yeah, as a comic, I got fucked and I got shortchanged and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, we didn't try hard enough. You, sometimes you go at things half-assed, right? And that's why I'm proud of my audition, just to get this back on track. That's why I'm proud of the audition that I worked on recently, because I went all the way on it, right? And... Sometimes you shortchange yourself in life. You, you know, you say you want something and you do the preliminary uh, approaches to it. But did you really try? Sometimes people set themselves up for failure. It's like, um, you know, like, for example, let's say I, 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 uh, I, I booked that audition, but I, I, um, I didn't rehearse hard enough. I didn't do my best to um, ensure that I was successful in the audition. Like, sometimes the hardest part of being an actor is truly just memorizing your lines. How well do you know your lines? That's step number one. You got to fucking get those lines into your head like muscle memory. That's not easy. That means you have to sit down and spend time reading. Reading, 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 rereading, reading it frontwards, backwards, sideways, knowing it in and out. And you can't, re- and you can't just memorize it in a way in which it's so stale, right? Like... Bum ba bum ba bum ba bum ba bum, ba bum ba bum ba bum ba bum ba bum, ba bum ba bum. So like, so then if you re- if you rehearse it or you memorize it that way, chances are the muscle memory is going to be in your head when when you speak it. It just sounds flat, you know. You know. So it's like um. It's that idea of how far are you willing to go with it, and um, you know. A lot of people are deluded, like my friend, my friend, the comic. And like I was, you know, like I wasn't really, you know, I, I did a lot of hard work in my career, but there's a lot of times when I let shit just fall to the wayside. You know, sometimes it's like, exactly. Do you love the art in you or do you love yourself in the art? Sometimes you're just loving yourself in the art. The idea that you're an artist. Fuck if, it, if it's any good, you know. I had, I had a couple years like that as a comic, man, where I'm just like drifting around, getting drunk and high, telling jokes. Was it really good? Was it really good and thought out? Well, no, it was pretty much just drug and alcohol in, induced, right? But, um, you know, these are, these are lessons you can only learn through experience. And nothing speaks like experience. So, um... I'm just very um, fortunate and proud of the fact that I worked hard on this audition and I officially, um, it, it changed my mind. It really changed my mindset where it's like, okay, well, you know what? I always got to remain open. 
I always got to remain open to opportunity, to um, ideas. Keep an open mind. I do. But going forward, my emphasis is going to be on um, continuing to grow my craft, continuing to get better as a performer, as an artist, and also cultivating my own productions, putting together my own uh, shows, putting together my own uh, material, creating my own opportunities. Because, um, hey, I can't just always wait around for um, opportunity to knock. And um, it's just more freeing, you know? I got to be free to um free to get out there and live my truth and be who I want to be because as I mentioned kind of previously a little bit in the in the podcast man a, a big part of being a performer is um Well, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but a big part of being, <laughs> a big part of being a performer is having the confidence to perform. You know, well, I did kind of mention this, right? Because like back in the day when I started performing, I was the best. Everybody loved me. You're so good. Okay, now it's time to get out there and make some money. Wait a minute. You're not good enough. And that's all people try to do. They try to fuck with your confidence. That's what this industry is about. The hierarchy. They're up there. You're down here. Audition for us. Dance for us. Entertain us. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? You know, like, jump up and down, do some jumping jacks, sell it, sell it, sell it. And, you know, they really fuck with your confidence. Because if you buy into that system, if you buy into the fact that you're not good enough, that you don't deserve love, you know, if you buy into the system that um, you have to suffer and you're powerless, because that's the system that they create, you know? These fucking dilettantes, these Dr. Seuss, Mother Goose, Cat and Hat ass, fake ass, casting directors, agents, club managers. They get, it, they get it to a point where they're in control and the performer is nobody. Who are you? Just some loser performer. Yet you're always good enough to work for free. <laughs> you know? And you're always good for a laugh and you're always good for this and that. But, you know, when it comes to, you know getting paid somehow the, the numbers just don't add up i don't know what happened uh, oh, 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 i don't know oh, oh, oh. nobody knows right and um you know i just want to be free of that and you know that's this is how deeply they try to stamp you and hurt you and and um dismantle you as a performer you know some people might hear this and go, well, if you truly were um, believing in yourself and um, having this confidence in yourself, then you wouldn't have to say it. If you truly believed in yourself like that, you wouldn't have to say it. You wouldn't have to say it on a podcast. If you truly believed in yourself, you wouldn't have to say it. Like, people are always looking to cut you down. It's amazing. It's amazing. I've been kicked when, I'm, when I was down so many times in this, in this industry. And um, that's all they ever do. You get kicked from every angle, like um, the actual industry alleged friends around you like people do that and um, it's just human nature people kick you when you're down they love to not everybody it's few and far between but it's not everybody and um but um yeah 
They try to goad you that way, you know. If you truly did believe in yourself, then why are you saying it? Why are you saying it like that? Like, people love to try to pick you apart as, an, as a performer. And um, basically, I do have to say that because when you have a way of thinking, when you've been so institutionalized into the thinking that they have the answers and I don't know anything, you know, the ma- oh, Massa, Massa's so good to me, oh, Massa knows everything. Oh, if it wasn't for Massa, I sure could never get to tap dancing on this stage, oh, thank you, Massa. Oh, you so good to me to have me around here telling you your little jokes, oh, Massa. You know, fucking tap dancing piccaninny. You know, when you get it in your head so institutionalized that you're powerless then you have to break that agreement. You have to break that agreement with yourself and put in that positive thought and say it and visualize it. So the more I say it, you know, like I'm free, I'm no longer a victim of this fucking industry where it's like, oh, please hire me, don't hire me, like whatever, like doing my own thing. The more I say that and the more I try to live that, the stronger that agreement, the stronger that bond will be in my head. So I do have to say it, you fucking condescending cocksuckers out there. I've had people say that to me before, you know what I mean? Like, um, like sometimes I would say things like, um, like, you know, sometimes you meet people and they'd be like, so what do you do? I'd be like, well, you know, um, I'm an actor and a comedian, but I also do, um, you know, temporary labor. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, I like the way you said that there, you know, like, yeah, how's that going? How's that going? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're an actor, but you also do construction. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you're, not, you're not good. You're no good. That's life, that's what the people say, riding high in April, shot down in May. Some people get their kicks, stepping on a dream, or whatever Blue Eyes said, do you get the point? Some people really get their kicks, stepping on a dream, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I gotta love the art in me and not myself in the art. And I got to um, go at this full tilt, not half-assed. Like Big Daddy Kane said, ain't no half-stepping, you know? Ain't no half-stepping. And, um, you know, I did that in the past as a performer, you know? And as a comic, man, the comic scene is... uh, The comic scene is... um, Hey, you know, it's oversaturated. But, um, you know, easy come, easy go. So just got to keep applying these principles of um, self-realization. These principles of self-acceptance, self-love. I believe in me. And I believe in me. (laughs) What do you believe in? I believe in me and I believe in me. So, um whatever and god god's pretty cool i like him too or her calm down so um hey keep on rocking in the free world thank you very much theater company that um didn't audition me it was a pleasure to work on my craft and uh have a fun month working on acting getting back into the craft of it um i ain't mad at you whatever you didn't want me (laughs) um but um what it did was it allowed me to be um you know, more thoughtful about what I do. And um, now I can put more emphasis into what I do. 
And uh, thank you for the opportunity. It was a blast. I had fun with it. You know when they bring you into audition? Just have fun with it. Make it your own. Well, you know what? I had fun with it and I made it my own. Thank you so much. And um, hopefully I'll work with them in the future. Who knows? Whatever. Keep an open mind and uh, try to um, delude the um, negativity as much as possible. All right. And uh, God, thank you for the opportunity. I felt very good speaking today. So God was there channeling that. And uh, yeah, let it be. <laughs> there was a bomb threat. <laughs> there was a bomb threat at Stratford, uh, Ontario. The Stratford Shakespeare Festival. Bomb threat. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't laugh at that. There was an actual bombing in Mississauga as of late. Um, some fucking idiot set off a bomb in a restaurant or something. Um, apparently like a dozen people or so were injured. Nobody fatally injured, thank God. But, um, I guess this is the world we're living in now. There's been a lot of, um, uh, violent, random acts of violence going on in the Toronto area the Ontario area region, the Ontario region lately. And, um, fuck, you know, I mean, I wish my heart and prayers could be with Stratford, Ontario during their bomb threat, but, um, <laughs> those motherfuckers wouldn't audition me either. <laughs> like a decade ago when I got out of theater school, um, again, um, I tried to audition for the, the uh, the Stratford festival, right? Um, and obviously my thoughts and prayers are with Stratford and um, thank God nothing's happened as of yet. And, um, you know, but um, a decade ago when I got out of theater school, I was really into, because um, I, like, I was wanting to be a real hardcore actor. And, um, you know, Royal Shakespeare Conservatory, you know, in merry old London or England or whatever, right? Um, the Royal Shakespeare Conservatory, like um, actors such as... Um, Patrick Stewart, you know, that bald uh, cuckold in a wheelchair, you know, who played Professor X in uh, X-Men. Patrick Stewart, um, Gandalf, you know, uh, that actor Gandalf. Uh, Ian McKellen, Ben Kingsley. Um, I'm probably missing a few others, but... Um, these people, like, um, I saw some in instructional videos on um, the, Royal Con the Royal Shakespeare Conservatory. And, like, Shakespearean acting is, it's, like, such a great place to begin as an actor because um, it really works on your voice. It really works on your timing. Um, it really works on your, um, it really makes you work because um, Shakespeare has some of the most richest, richest characters and plots imaginable in, in theater, right? So... I really wanted to do some uh, Shakespearean acting, and I studied it in college, right? I studied it in theater school, and um, I applied to be a. Uh, I applied to audition for um, Stratford at their generals, right? They had some general auditions as well. What do you know? I didn't hear from them. 
That's what I mean. People just pick and choose, right? Like, I'm qualified. Like, why wouldn't I be qualified? I'm like 20 years old. I got a diploma in theater arts from a credible um, college. And yet, you hold a general audition, but you just won't see me. I don't want to call race on it. I don't want to call whatever. Let's just call it bureaucratic nonsense. So there was a bomb threat <laughs> there at, uh, at uh, the Stratford Festival this past couple days. And thank God nothing's happened. Um, the police are all over it. Um, they handle it like pros. You know my thoughts on the police force. I don't particularly like them. But when they do their job, um, that's a blessing because, you know, hey, they're protecting the community. So, um, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with Stratford Festival. <laughs> it's probably Justin Bieber, you know, up to his antics again. Justin Bieber plants a bomb, throwing eggs at, uh, throwing a dozen eggs at uh, the Stratford Festival. But, um, hey, you know, thought I'd tie that in with my little, um, you know, foyer and journey into... Um, Theater as of late, you know, it's just, you know, kind of came full circle there, you know. <sighs> um, but as you see there, you know, um, sometimes uh, I can bring up, uh, you know, past, past um, grievances, right? You know, like that was a decade ago when um, Stratford Festival, you know, they chose not to see me for an audition. And... You know, I've been thinking as of late about personal defects, right? A part of recovery is you got to go through um, your personal defects. And, um, you know, and you got to work on yourself. And that can sound very romantic, right? Like, you know, I've been working on my shortcomings. I've been working on my weaknesses, my personal defects. And I've been really working on myself. You know, that could sound romantic. Oh, wow, he's accountable. Or, um, wow, you know, that's a solid dude. You know, he's working, on, he's working on himself and whatever, right? But when you start being more specific and saying actual defects, that's when it gets dicey. Like, for example, I was looking in the mirror the other day, and I'm like, you know, I'm a jealous man. All of a sudden, that doesn't sound so cute, does it? You know? I'm just, I've been working on my weaknesses and um, some of my personal defects. Oh, wow, he's so insightful. He has the insight to work on himself. But then when you put it forward, actually what it is, you know, like I'm a bit of a jealous man. <gasps> Fucking sociopath, get him away from me. But like, um, you know, I, I have jealous tendencies. And I always didn't know, I always thought that like, here's how I manage a lot of my feelings. Like, I don't let them rule me. So then I delude myself in thinking that they don't exist, right? If I don't let an emotion rule me, then it doesn't exist. Well, it still exists, but I'm just not giving it any weight. Like, for example, like, um, I'm, I get jealous. I get, like, you know, like, sometimes, like, um, not to a point in which it... it um, demobilizes me or I can't go forward with my life or like I um I hate on people or I stew about things but I do get jealous like for example um uh like I told you I'm a temporary laborer and um there's this guy at my job and uh he's a guy about my age and um he's um he's pretty good with the ladies like he has one of those personalities where women feel comfortable around him and like he attracts a lot of women he's not 
particularly all that great looking or anything. But um, see, I have to give him a shot in the heart just because I'm an asshole. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know, whatever. He's a good looking guy. I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. But the thing is, he does have a good personality to for a woman. You know, he, you could tell like a lot of women gravitate towards him. And um, but I also like him. He's a nice guy. Like he's just a personable guy. He's a nice guy. But the other day, um, this hot fucking blonde comes into the job, right? She's got this hot ass. Oh, my God. She's wearing those fucking, like, um, ass just popping out, wearing those fucking spandex pants and shit. And they're gabbing and talking and yapping. And after she leaves, some of the girls who work there, you know, you could tell they're a little jealous because they, they're sweet on this guy too, right? So they go over to him, right? They're like, who is that? She's gorgeous. But, like, who is that? She's gorgeous. That your girlfriend? And the dude goes... No, everybody says that. She's like my best friend. Fuck off. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. You fucking... Oh, she's like my best friend. This guy's so fucking wholesome and shit. It gets on my nerves. So there I am getting a little jealous, right? (laughs) And then I I stopped and, and that's when it hit me. I'm like, wow, are you getting jealous? I'm like, why am I jealous? Like, I'm not attracted to any of these women. Like any of the women that were like, you know, fawning over him, you know, like, who's that girl? Who's that? Like all the coworkers, like I'm not attracted to any of them. And I like this guy. He's a nice guy. And it's like, why am I getting jealous? And so like, you know, and I get jealous a lot. Like if I like um, not enough into the point where I won't um, or I can't function, but I get jealous. Right. And I realized that. And it was like such a such an eye-opener because I'm just like, wow, like, I got to start, well, I guess sometimes realizing is the first step, so luckily it doesn't rule me, but I realize that I do have jealous tendencies and I'm trying to let that go, you know, it's very fleeting anyways when my jealousy comes on, like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll frown for a moment and scrunch up my eyebrows, I'm like, fuck, how come he fucking gets the women or whatever, right, and then, then it just goes away. Like, I don't, like, I I realize, I'm like, oh, you're being jealous. Like, that's not cool. Like, I realize immediately, like, oh, you're being jealous. Like, that's, that's an ugly trait. That's not a good look. So, you know, that was just kind of one of the epiphanies I had this week, working on myself, trying to get myself better. Loving the beauty in me and not myself in the beauty, you know? Trying to get a cleaner soul, so to speak. And, um, you know, I just want to close on this. Um, I don't always um, have to talk about sobriety, right? I'm one year and seven months sober coming up very soon. One year and seven months. And I'm trying to live my life... uh, accordingly and I'm trying to go forward and I don't need to always bring it up but I can never forget and I always got to remember and um that's, I know that sounds a bit of a contradiction what I'm saying there it sounds like a bit of a contradiction but I I got to remember and um yesterday like I said I got a blessed life now I'm sober um I was working on some shit for the podcast yesterday like um the previous um you know, in the previous, you know, at the beginning of this episode, you heard some of that uh, little skit. I was working on that yesterday, writing it, recording it, this, that, and the other. And I took a break and I went down to the waterfront 
beautiful Lake Ontario. Went down to the waterfront to have a coffee, look around, be outside in the beautiful sunshine. And as I'm walking down there, I bump into a, a man, a man from my fellowship, my sobriety fellowship. He's this little Hispanic guy, little Hispanic guy. Everybody loves him in the program, in the fellowship. Everybody cares about him. He's a very personable guy. And he comes up to me and he goes, um, Oh, hey, you know I'm having a bit of a bad day. I'm drinking again. Oh, my God, man. This dude's back on the hooch, you know. He, he's like eight months sober. He was eight months sober yesterday. And he picked up the bottle and just went back out. And I saw this guy. Like, he has a problem with that. He, um... He, uh, I saw him get a year of sobriety, then he went back out and started drinking again. And then now, more recently, he, uh, he had eight months of sobriety, then he went back out, threw that away. He even, he even did a reading at my one-year medallion. When I got one year of sobriety, he even did a reading. He read a bit of, um, you know, sometimes there's like uh, little readings in the program, and he, he did a reading at my one-year medallion. And um, I guess I just want to throw that out there to anybody that uh, struggles with that type of thing. Um, never give up. Take it one day at a time. You got your whole life ahead of you. And um, thankfully, this guy that I'm speaking of, he's got a pretty good support system. He just fucked up. Hopefully, he can get himself back on track, you know. And... Um, you know, my thoughts are with him today. And um, I'm just very grateful and fortunate to be alive, sober, and doing something that I very, very, very much care about. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram reporting live to duty on this May 29th, 2018. God bless. Stay safe, stay sober, stay happy. Hey, if you don't have to stay sober, go out and have a drink if you can do that. Have a great life. Be good. Be kind. Be responsible is the bottom line. I'm going to keep doing my shit with my acting. I'm going to keep doing my shit with my comedy. And um, very grateful for the opportunity. Hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Send me some questions, send me some queries, send me some qualms. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. All right? Thank you very much. God bless. Talk to you next time.